So we're in a series called Happiness. Most people want to be happy at some point in their life. Most people. Wouldn't it be great to be happy every day of your life? And so Jesus started the Sermon on the Mount. It's the greatest sermon that they recorded of Jesus. The greatest recorded sermon. I'm sure all of his sermons were great, right? The greatest recorded sermon of Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. He started this sermon with how to be happy. Many translations say blessed. These are the Beatitudes. Blessed are they. And and these are things that, and it could be translated into happy are they as well. So this is, this is how to be blessed. This is how to be happy in your life. So we get today to uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. It's verse 9 in the, fir- in the, the beginning of this sermon series, um, that, or this sermon that Jesus was teaching. Happy are the peacemakers. Peacemakers. For they will be called sons of God. And to be called a son of God, boy, that's a whole other can of worms that we're not even going to be able to get to today. It goes back to the Old Testament. It's just absolutely phenomenal that Jesus would say, this is how you could be called a son of God. So what I'm going to focus on today, though, is how to be a peacemaker. How to be a peacemaker. And what is that? You know, it's interesting Jesus didn't say, happy are those who love peace. Because everybody loves peace. And just because you love peace, that's not going to make you happy, is it? Or happy are the peaceable. He didn't say that. The people that never get disturbed, the people that don't get upset about anything, he didn't say happy are the peaceable. He said happy are the peacemakers. And peacemakers are those who make peace. They make peace. They actively resolve conflict in life. And Jesus said, you'll be happy if this is the kind of life that you begin to live. And he's not saying it's, it's you not being a troublemaker. Happy are those who don't make trouble. I asked the kids, you know, what kind of visual, who do you, who do you visualize when you visualize a troublemaker that everybody knows? And, and my kids, you know, they're hilarious. They grew up on like um, Little House on the Prairie and uh, Andy Griffith's show and all of that. So, so one of the responses I got was um, Smelly Nelly on Little House on the Prairie and Harriet, you know. They're troublemakers, all right? So it's, it's really kind of fun when you see troublemakers making trouble on TV, but when they're in real life. But Jesus said... He's he's not talking about you just not making trouble. He's talking about you going the distance to make peace. That's a whole different thing. He's not talking about you just closing your eyes and pretending the trouble's not there. So there's some misconceptions about peacemaking. Let's talk about those real quick before we get into it. Number one, it's not avoiding. Peacemaking is not avoiding. Hear no evil. Oh, no, that's... Hear no evil. <laughs> See no evil. It's early. Yeah. He's, he's, it's, it's not running from your problems. It's, it's not pretending your problems don't exist. 
It's dealing with the problems. It's finding words to start a conversation. It's moving forward in a situation where there is no peace. Peacemakers. It's also not appeasement. Some people like to appease people to make peace, and it doesn't make peace. Listen, when you just give in to let everybody do what, they're, what they want to do and it's destroying your purpose and your meaning in your life, that's not peace. You cannot just let everybody have their own way in your life. You let people run over you, that's passivity. Jesus was not a very passive person, and yet he was the greatest peacemaker. I was talking to a guy one day, and he wanted my opinion on some counsel that he'd received from a spiritual leader in his life. He'd gone to him asking, you know, what, what do we do about this situation? And he and this girlfriend that he was, he was with went in for some counsel with this guy. And the situation was this. She had, she had scheduled a garage sale, <clears throat> and she needed his help with it. And so uh, he found out after they started working towards it that his daughter's graduation was on the same day as the garage sale. So he said, I'm, there's no way I got, I've got to be at my daughter's graduation. She said, no, you're not. You're going to help me with the garage sale. We, we've planned this. He said, I'm sorry. So they went in for counsel, and it wasn't just this situation, you know, right? <laughs> they went in for some counsel, and after they met with the spiritual leader person in his life for counsel, they went out and the, the, the guy called him and said, hey, I need you to come in. And so the guy went in to, to visit with this guy and he said, look, man, she's had a really rough life. This is a really difficult time in her life. You need to just give in to her on anything and everything right now. Yeah, and all the women are like, mm-mm, we know what she's like. So it's not passivity. And, and you know, sometimes you're going to get guidance from people and it's as though that's a spiritual quality just to give everybody what they want and what they need but at the same time you give her that you're what you're taking from this daughter that will always remember that so Jesus never said you give up your identity he never said that you become a chameleon it's not about appeasement in fact if your marriage relationship is about appeasement you're missing a lot of passion and love and peace that could be in that marriage don't avoid these situations be a peacemaker. Actively seek to resolve the conflict. So why should you be a peacemaker? First, because unresolved conflict blocks your relationship with God. It blocks that communication with God and your fellowship with Him. The Bible says you can't have fellowship with God as long as you have a problem fellowshipping with others. If you have this unresolved conflict, and it's just going on and on and on. It's a blocker in your relationship with God. First John chapter 4, he talks about this. And the question here is, how can a man possibly say, I love God and hate his brother at the same time? If you have ought against somebody, or if someone has ought against you, you've got to do what it takes to try to fix it. And listen, you're not always going to be able to fix it. But you can do your part, right? You can sweep your side of the street. You can take your trash out. You can deal with it 
in, in, on your side. And if you're growing close to God and they're growing close to God, guess what? The conflict is going to be resolved. At least to a place where there's peace. Secondly, unresolved conflict prevents answered prayers. Did you know that? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. If you're a husband, you should be thoughtful of your wife. Treat her with honor. She shares with you in the gift of life. Then nothing will stand in the way of your prayers. What is he talking about? When you have a good relationship, and listen, don't you know that this bleeds over into other relationships other than just with your spouse? He's talking about good, good relationships, you resolving conflict, treating people right. Jesus says reconciliation is a prerequisite to worship. Reconcile your relationships. He talked about this in Matthew chapter 5. He said, you know what, when you come to church, if you're standing there in church and you're about ready to give your offering, you're about ready to offer something, you're about ready to present your, your gifts and talents, whatever it is that you're about to do in church, you're about ready to worship. And all of a sudden you remember, somebody has something against you. He says, drop everything, leave then, leave now, and go make it right. Go make peace. What is he saying? Nothing trumps reconciliation. There's nothing more important to God than relationships and treating people right. No gift you could bring, no talent you could offer, no word you could give us, nothing. If you're having a hard time getting a prayer answered, look at your relationships. Where are you on it? Number three, it hinders your happiness. Not ha or unresolved conflict hinders your happiness. When you're angry or have conflict, how many of you are happy? <laughs> okay, that's another class, all right? <laughs> Some people do thrive on conflict. Job, Job chapter 18, you're only hurting yourself with your anger. Y'all kill me. All right, so let's talk about it. Those are the reasons why it's important to be a peacemaker. But how can you be a peacemaker? First, you've got to plan for it. It's not going to happen accidentally. What happens when an accident happens? Bad things. But good things only happen intentionally. So you've got to plan for it. You've got to plan to make peace. Matthew chapter 5, if you remember your brother has something against you, go at once and make peace. That's what Jesus said. He says, you take the initiative. You take the initiative. Well, I'll say something when they finally come and say something to me. I'll say something when they confront me. I'll be ready when they, when they confront me. No, he says, you go and make peace if you've done something. You've got to come to a place where you say, all right, I'm going to plan a peace conference, and we're going to figure this out. So how do you do that? How do you prepare for that? First, you've got to look inside of you and see what your problem is. You've got to see your part. Well, I don't have a problem. Okay, that's the point. <laughs> You've got to look in and see, why did this threaten you? Why is it a problem for you? And if you can't see that, that's what we're here for. That's why you need a good 
friend, a good Christian friend. And I can't tell you how many times through the years it's helped me so much. When I had a hard time trying to see my part, I would I bring a friend close, somebody, and listen, not somebody that's going to go, yeah, I'd be mad too, but somebody that's going to be honest about the situation, somebody that's going to look at it, and you know, you don't want somebody that's also going to try to find something, you know, and they're going to they're going to be dishonest the other way just to kind of hammer you down, but you want somebody that's going to truthfully, honestly look at the situation and say, all right, here's what I see. Here's what I see that you could have done or should have done or, or you needed to do differently. This is how you're threatened. This is the relate process that we teach here at church. And I hope that uh, if you haven't learned that, that you'll be able to sit down and learn it someday. Go through that process with us. All right. Second, after you find your part, you've got to determine what you did to hurt them. You've got you've got to look and say, honestly, this is what I did to offend them. Look and see if there's something that you did, something that they're holding on to that you could actually say, all right, this is this is what I'm going to do to make that right. Okay, and and listen, if you want to get God's attention in your life, in your prayers, the first time you, you go, God, this is what I did to hurt somebody and I want to make it right. Boy, you're going to get God's attention. He's going to stand up and be like, this is awesome. Everybody in heaven, look at this one. Sam is looking at himself, and he's going to make it right. (laughs) I remember um, one time we had a family member, a couple of family members, a couple in the family that were... They were overstepping our boundaries. And no matter how we tried to keep the boundaries, we had to just grit our teeth and get through it. And finally, one day I said, you know what, I got to figure this out. So I started meeting with one of one of my good friends and started working through the situation, trying to see my part, trying to make sure that I didn't hurt, that I didn't mess this up, but I needed to bring peace to the situation. And so finally, I got to a place where I initiated a peace conference. And in that peace conference, I was able to just go, all right, this is everything that's bothering us. We've got to have some peace here. The struggle is, and you're going to find this too, that sometimes when you have a peace conference, emotions get involved. And I got a little bit emotional in that situation, all right? And and I didn't say anything inappropriate. But I said it passionately, and, and it was interpreted as anger. And so, guess what? He walked away. All he heard was the anger. Nope, not going to listen to anything John had to say because he said it in anger. Isn't that frustrating? So, it's been some years now. And because I went back and said, all right, I shouldn't have said it in anger. And I will do whatever it takes to make that right. And I began doing what it took to make it right, even though he did absolutely nothing early on to change or to fix the situation. But through the years, I've seen him start taking steps, and our relationship is better today than it ever has. Peace was made. And sometimes you just got to rip that bandage off or Whatever it is that you need to do to open up that conversation and to start making it right. Relationships are hard. And you've got to make peace where there isn't 
And just to ignore it, just to pretend it's not happening, isn't going to cut it. you got to make peace and you'll find happiness. You see, that's what we're talking about. The third thing you got to do is have a peace conference. Have that moment. Have the guts to sit down with them and say, this isn't working. This is what needs to happen. Or this is what I did to contribute to this situation. And I, and I want to do whatever it takes to make it right. And if it takes the rest of my life to do that so that you know that I care about you and that I'm serious about having a good relationship with you, I will do that. So what do you do when you're purely the victim? How can you deal with that? How can you initiate peace with that? What is the, you know, some of you, it's something that goes all the way back to your childhood. When you were a little kid and you look back and go, man, I was purely a victim there. What do you begin to do to have peace in that situation? You say, well, they're gone. You still need peace in your heart and mind. Where do you go? How do you begin to deal with that? You see, if you're the offended one, you make peace by choosing to forgive. That's how you initiate the process. You make that choice. And you've got to create a path for them back into your life. Peacemakers always take the initiative. And when it comes to peace in your life with conflicts, stuff that happened when you're purely the victim and you don't need to go back and fix something on your end, but you need to start somewhere and this is where you start, you say, I forgive. Now, when, with that said, there's a couple of things about forgiveness you need to know. Number one, forgiveness doesn't mean they're just welcome right back into your life. Aren't you happy for that? Forgiveness doesn't mean they're just welcome right back into your life. Part of the process of forgiveness is setting up boundaries to make sure that they don't do this again and protecting your meaning and your purpose in life because God gave you a purpose, God gave you a meaning in life that you're responsible to finish in this life and if you've got somebody stopping that with their behavior, you need to deal with that. You've got to forgive them and put, put up some boundaries. Uh, God will bring justice to the situation and you've got to believe for that. So forgiveness is turning them over to God, turning the offense over to God, and God saying, okay, thank you for trusting me. I will bring justice to the situation. And that frees you, and guess what? Happiness happens too, doesn't it? Peacemakers take the initiative. And if you're truly the victim, it begins with you forgiving them, but then it's a step further than that. You know that you've forgiven them when you've created a path for them back into your life. John, I don't want them back in my life. Wait a second. Forgiveness means that you've also been able to create a path for them to come back into your life. And for every situation, it's going to be a little bit different. And that's one of the reasons why it's good to be talking to somebody, somebody that's a good Christian friend that can help you work on that path for someone to come back into your life because that means there's health there's mental health there's peace and there's restoration in your heart and you're not holding bitterness and you don't have a blockade up there you see this is what jesus did when jesus was on the cross and he finished finished the work on the cross he forgave everybody he says forgiveness is there and what did he do he created a path into his life 
Jesus talked about this. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And he says, nobody's going to get to the Father except what? Through me. What's he talking about? He's talking about a path into God's life. He forgave us, but does that mean everybody's reconciled to him? Just because they're forgiven doesn't mean they're reconciled. Reconciliation comes through going through the path to God, and that is what? Through Jesus, and that is restoring that relationship with him and saying, God, I want to get to know who you are, what you like, and what you don't like, and accommodating for him in your life. Let me ask you a question. Haven't you found it to be a reasonable path that Jesus created? It's very reasonable. I mean, come on. We've got people that have chained themselves to trees out there today, eating bugs that go by, all in the name of trying to serve some God that doesn't even exist. And Jesus says, hey, come on. Here's the path. If you'll just get to know who I am and love me and love what I like and hate what I don't like, that's great. Enjoy a relationship with me. Come into this path and I will will have this relationship with you. And we make it so hard. There are so many ways that people try to get to God without going down that path. And and, and it it sounds so good, doesn't it? All roads lead to heaven. It sounds so intellectual and it sounds so peaceful. But is it? It's not. Imagine a situation where a wife has committed adultery with like 20 guys. And her husband finds out. And he's been faithful. He's been a good husband. I mean, just imagine. I know it's, it's impossible, but he's been, he's been like nice, all right, is what I'm saying. The faithfulness part is possible, right? Okay, make sure it's morning service. I'm still practicing here. All right. <laughs> the faithful part is, is, you know, he's been faithful, but he's been just an, an awesome husband. And I say that because this is what God has been to us. He's been awesome, and we just don't see it. But this, say this guy, he's, he's got this wife, and she's committed adultery like 20 times, and he's like, okay, I, I forgive you. And he puts up those boundaries and he says, but in order for you and me to have this marriage relationship restored, here's what I need you to do to be back into my life, to have this good relationship with me. And she comes back and says, you know, hey, thanks for the forgiveness, but I've found another way to get into a relationship with you. It's it's different than what you have offered to me. I know what it's going to take in order for us to have this relationship restored, in order for me to be with you for the rest of our lives. This is what I'm going to do. And the guy's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I'm the one that's been hurt. I'm the one that's been offended. This is about you saying I respect you and coming back through the path that I've given you. What do you think you're doing? And that's exactly what's happening all around the world today. People are like, oh, well, we are going to worship this way and we're going to do this thing and we're going to make these sacrifices and all roads lead to heaven. And God says, no, you don't understand. I am reestablishing a relationship with you because you have greatly offended me. And here's the path. And it's not unreasonable. All you got to do is love me. Accept me for who I am. And accept what I don't like and what I do like. 
yeah, but I don't understand why you don't like that. God, it's a problem. (laughs) Why is it a problem? I'm just teaching you what I like and don't like. Can't you accommodate for that? It's called relationship. So how can you be a peacemaker? Engage your mind before you engage your mouth. Be sincere, not sarcastic. You don't get your point across by being cross. I was talking with a guy whose wife keeps attacking him, and she's telling telling him, you know, I mean, she's just attacking him. And he keeps telling her his response is, look, you're being mean to me. Stop. You're attacking me. And what's happening when he's telling her that? All she does is hear how bad a person she is. And it just makes her more angry, right? All she's hearing is how awful she is. And I told him, I said, all right, so the next time this happens, you go home and you tell her, instead of of telling her how awful a person she is, you just look at her and say, that hurts. What you said hurt me. Oh, I've said that. You've said those words? Well, not those words. Okay, what did you say? I've told her how attacking me and how she's attacking me is is bad and it's not not helpful. I don't understand. Okay, stop telling her that. Go home and tell her what you said hurts me. (sighs) Okay, I'll see. So we met two weeks later. I said, well, did you do it? No. Okay. Why not? Ah, it's pride. Go home and try it. Next time she attacks you, you just look at her and say, you hurt me. You hurt me. So he uh, came back two weeks later. He said, man, I got to tell you, and you need to know this. He said, it is working for the first time she realized that I have feelings and it hurts me and all the fighting is settling and peace is starting to happen you see you've got to attack the problem not the person don't criticize don't condemn don't compare don't you just attack the problem Ooh, that hurt that hurt. Ephesians 4.29, do not use harmful words, but only helpful words. The kind that build up and provide what is needed. You see, don't go condemning the person, criticizing. Attack the problem, not the person. God has called you to be a bridge builder, not a bridge destroyer. Go with the spirit of compromise. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Do everything possible on your part to live at peace with all men. Everything possible. Have you done everything possible to be at peace with all people? Listen, the hallmark of of the Christian life is that you and I ought to have good relationships. With other people in our lives, 
that is what God wants. And, and it's, it's not about how much you pray. It's not about how much you read the Bible. It's not about how much you give. Listen, all of those things are good Christian behaviors, right? But without this, it's nothing. It's nothing. John 13, 35. By this, all men know that you're my disciples, that you have Now listen, there are some people that you're just not going to get along with. They're just not going to get along with you. But you've got to do your part and you've got to keep your side of the street clean. And listen, there are irregular people. There are people that aren't going to get it right. Do everything possible to live at peace with them. You have that meeting. You call that, that peace conference. And at least you do your part to say, you know what? Yeah, sure. This is what I've done. This is what I did to mess up. I will do what it takes to make it right if you'll let me. And I've sat across the table from people and they never let me. But some do. And listen, it costs you your ego. You know how hard it is, ladies, for a guy to look at his wife and go, you hurt me. It's hard. It costs your ego. James 3.17, peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Look at that. Peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. What are you going to reap? You're going to reap what you sow. If you sowed peace, you're going to reap a good harvest. What are, what, you got to ask yourself, what kind of seeds am I planting in my relationships? If you're planting good seeds, you're going to reap a good harvest. If you're planning griping and complaining and arguing and hassling, guess what? That's what you're getting back. How to be a peacemaker. Emphasize reconciliation, not resolution. Reconcile means, means to reestablish the relationship. It does not mean you have to resolve the problems. A lot of times the, ch the differences are legitimate. They're, they're not going to be different. There's honest differences uh, between men and women, right? And there's going to be honest differences between you and other people. And reconciliation doesn't mean that you can't risk or not reconcile. Reconciling uh, does not mean it's full resolution. It doesn't mean you have to. Listen, you can walk hand in hand without seeing eye to eye. Reconcile those relationships, even though there's no resolution. Reconciliation focuses on the relationship. And you focus on emphasizing reconciliation, not resolution. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God has reconciled us to himself through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. This is what we do. Because God has reconciled us to, through Christ to himself, now we help go reconcile the world to him and each other. James David, would you come? You realize that's our ministry. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now let that sink in. He forgave, but that didn't reconcile everybody. And when you accept Christ into your life and you accept that relationship with him, you walk that path to him that Jesus gave, then you become reconciled. And he says, now that you've been reconciled, I give you the ministry of reconciliation. It's 
awesome. Who is the Prince of Peace? Why? Because he's the greatest peacemaker ever. He made peace with us. He took care of his part in your life. And he said, if you'll come alongside and you'll walk the path for you to have a relationship with me, I will in no way turn you away. I have made peace with you. Now you come and have peace with me. And then you go out and make peace with others. And listen, this is where we've lost our ability to communicate in America as the church. We, we struggle because Christians in marriage are fighting for their rights just as much as people that aren't in marriage. Christians in the workplace are fighting for position just like everybody else in the world. And worse than that, Christians believe that to represent Christ that we have to appear to be right. No, we have to appear to be people who know how to love other people. People who know how to make peace, or at least we try it. We try. And what Jesus has modeled for us is what he wants us to do now. Make peace with each other. You know one of the, the, the biggest reasons for divorce now? Do you know what they are? Who's going to clean the dishes? It's the little household stuff people are getting divorced over. Happy are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So what are the results? First, you'll be at peace with yourself. And second, you'll be rewarded for it by God. You'll be called a child of Jesus said this, my peace I leave with you, I give to you, not as the world gives, but my peace I give to you. Can you give that to somebody today? Can you give it to your spouse? Can you give it to your kids? Can you give it to your coworker? Can you give it to that neighbor that drives you crazy? talked about a lot today but what is it that God pointed at you about what did he put on your heart what did he what did he stick his finger in and say all right this is what I want to deal with today who do you need to make peace with who do you need to forgive who do you need to turn over to him do it right now. It starts with forgiveness. And maybe you need to plan that peace conference that I talked about where you have that sit down. Don't just do it. Plan it. Prepare for it. What's your part? What did you do wrong? Where are you threatened? Ask God for wisdom. He will give it to you. He'll guide you through it. 
you will be a peacemaker. And you'll be a son of God, a daughter of God. Father, I pray right now that your hand would be upon us, that we would be able to walk out of this place today and be peacemakers. The simple things in the world, like on 380, or at a restaurant, things don't go our way, that we'd be peacemakers. But God, even more of the, the difficult things in our lives, the daily relationships, marriage, children, parents, in-laws, boss, neighbors, co-workers, all of the people in our lives that we see daily. We ask you, O oh Father, that you would give us wisdom to navigate those relationships and to emulate Christ, that we would be peacemakers in them, that people would be able to see the love, the true love of Christ through us. Give us wisdom and understanding and help us, O oh God, to help each other. Help us to be peacemakers. God, today we recognize what you did for us. Thank you for making peace with us. Thank you for initiating that. And today we wholeheartedly want to walk that path to salvation, that path that you created a relationship with you. Help us to know what you like and don't like and help us to accommodate for your spirit living inside of us. Thank you for that relationship. God, we don't want to make up our own way. We want you. We want to honor you in the way that you said to come to you. Maybe there's somebody here today that's doing that for the first time or the first time in a long time. Just talk to him. God, I accept your way to you. I want to walk that path and I will do what it takes to make things right with you for the rest of my life. I want to honor you in the relationship with you. In Jesus' name. right where you're seated. Maybe today you made that decision. Your head's bowed and eyes closed. I just want to give you an opportunity to say, yeah, John, that was me. I made that decision today. And right where you're seated, just look up at me until my eyes catch yours. If you established a new relationship with God today, just look up at me until my eyes catch yours. All right? All right. Anybody else? Amen. Amen.